Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, can we go back to the script? Sorry. <laughs> hey, everyone. My name is Peppermint, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And uh, you are watching Pep Talks, the interactive weekly interview show that covers hot topics and issues of the day. And... Um, that gives commentary and review on very notable black cinema that you may have missed throughout your life. But don't worry, I'm here to help you. I am so excited for today's show. Each week, we invite you to throw on your PJs, put on your mud mask, get comfy with me and my celebrity guest. And uh, we take and dish our takes on everything happening, movies, drama, our favorite trends, our favorite products, our favorite jewelry. Uh, and this is basically a celebration of everything that I love. Black movies, cinema, makeup, and fabulousness. Uh, today's guest and movie are Remember the Titans and the Fabulous Miss Monet Exchange. Uh, but before we get into it, I have to say, okay, I'm the, the secret's out right now. I'm sitting in Vancouver working on a project. And the thing that I'm, so I'm doing a lot of, um, you know, to go take out, you know, delivery, because I ain't trying to cook ever or a day. And honey, in Vancouver, they do, n I don't know, okay. I'm understand that planet is under siege. And I understand that we have, there's climate change is a thing and we have to be responsible. But when I order some food, especially if I'm paying 20 to 30 or $40 for the delivery, okay? Not $5. Put a fork and a napkin in the bag. I'm sick of getting these food deliveries that have literally, they're like, oh, you just want a sandwich? And it's just a sandwich in the bag. And no napkin, barely even wrapped. No salt, no condiments, no nothing. Like, where am I supposed to get that stuff from? I'm to go. Anyway, it just really irritates me, probably more than it should. But I don't have all that stuff in my house. I'm in a hotel room. You're supposed to give me everything I need to eat your stuff right there and then. And that really gets up my nerves. So uh, I was, you understand my surprise and dismay when I got my Egg McMuffin delivered this morning with not nary a napkin in the bag. Uh, but that's okay, because I swallowed it whole and I'm ready to introduce my guest. My, I call her my niece, because that's the bond that I feel. <laughs> uh, and she is the winner of All Stars 4, and she is just about to make herstory on Not the Great White Way, which should totally change <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but on in West End in Death Drop, co-starring with Courtney Act, uh, which opens this winter. Make sure you go ahead and get your tickets in advance, honey, so they know that it is a going to be a hit for it opens. Honey, bring your mask. And uh, she's also the host of the Exchange Rate every single Thursday at 5:30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, my fabulous guest, please make sure. Oh wait, and you got it. You can check that out on her YouTube channel, Monet Exchange. Please welcome my illustrious guest, the one, the only Miss Monet Exchange. Illust hey, girl! Hey, illustrious. I've only heard people say that about me at um, Fab Houses. The illustrious <laughs> Monet is here. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm about to show y'all, illustrious, honey. <laughs> How you doing, girl? I'm good, Pam. I'm very, very, very good. The temperature <laughs> is changing here in New York City, and I'm not mad about it. I like me a nice high 50s, low 60s. That's my gig. I can sleep with the window open, but I still keep the fan on because I like the white noise. 
but you yeah. know, but it's it's the coolosity of the combination of the window and the fan making the perfect convection of cooling in my bed. I love convection, it. convection, convection girl. girl. Convection cooling. <laughs> it's gonna take over the world by storm. <laughs> Okay, so wait, listen, I got. I want to jump right in. I'm, I heard the news. Uh, I had a little bit of inside scoop, but I was so excited when they finally announced that you and Courtney Ack were going to be starring in Death Trap on London's West End, opening December 3rd. December 3rd. Uh, and I'm, I mean, I couldn't be more happy. Congratulations. This Thank is epic. You. Uh, Thank I you. mean, it looks like West, the West End is really on it. Like, for some reason, Broadway hasn't really... Come, you know, I just feel like the West End is just more like realistic with the stuff that they they're like, hey, let's do it. You know, they're just more open than I think yeah. some Broadway stuff. I know there's a big comparison a lot of times between Broadway and West End because they're the highest like theatrical uh, professional theater in yeah. in those countries. But um, you know, this you joining like a long uh, a mini well a small list of drag race queens who've been on the West End, which is fabulous. Bianca was last on West End. Yeah. Uh, uh, Vinegar Strokes was on the West yeah. End. Michelle Visage. She's, she's, she's a queen from as queen of queens. And so I just think it's um, amazing that y'all are that y'all are getting this opportunity, especially Death Drop. What is it? It's a murder mystery, right? I think. Yeah, right? it's a murder mystery play that um that, that happens at it's think of like Knives Out or like Clue, but drag it up and make it really fierce and campy, then that's what Dead Drop is. I'm super <laughs> excited. It's a great cast. Vinegar Strokes is actually on cast for that. Oh, and, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be a great plan to get the chance to do a show on the West End. I am so, 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 so excited. And I just, yeah, I, 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 I literally, every time I talk about it, I just smile. And I get really happy because I'm. this is a dream and I'm happy. We, well, the tea is we're supposed to do it back in April. So it's gonna be run, it's gonna run April through June. But you know, COVID everything happens, so right. everything had to um move around. But um yeah, I I'm I, I'm beyond excited to do this role and the West End are doing all the precautions. They're like doing the proper ventilating things and it's gonna be a socially distant audience and um it's actually gonna be staged a bit socially distant as well. Um but oh. yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna be amazing. I'm so excited. That's fantastic. Now, will you be wearing masks during the show? No, we, we, we won't be wearing masks, but we will be getting um, COVID testing and to make sure that we're all good. And, mm -hmm. um, and you know, there'll be temperature scans when the audience comes um, in with their tickets and all that. And all of the precautions are being made to make sure that everyone is staying as safe as possible. And mm -hmm. But still having a good time. Because at this point, girl, we've been locked up March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. That's going on 10 months of not being able to Go to theater, going to see stage plays, going to see broad. Like we've been, we we are the world, not just um the, the the nation. The world is thirsty for some art and for some live entertainment, and I think that's what we're gonna get. Mm -hmm. Listen, uh, I have a question about that. The really burning question about that. But before we do, uh, if you're watching on Twitch or YouTube right now, uh, or even Facebook, please. Check for the link in our description of my Twitch profile to leave me a tip or support the production of the show. It's super important and um, it's super appreciated. Okay, the question of the day. Burning Monet question. Who's after peppermint? <laughs> Besides that, which maybe we will never know. But look, peppermint's after peppermint, according to uh, the drag race fandom. 
I'm supposed to be the next one to go to, according to them, they're the, I'm the next one who's supposed to be uh, competing for a crown so that season nine has four crowns. I know. Y'all will be the most <laughs> royal season of Drag Race history, girl. I know. It already is of the regular seasons because we have three, and I don't think oh, we're the yeah. only ones that have three. But and season ten is probably the last. But we know Asia ain't getting nothing, and Cameron ain't gonna get nothing. Eureka ain't getting nothing either. So season ten is out the running. Oh, girl, don't, don't, don't. Uh, Mike, okay, here's a serious question. Okay. Do you prefer British or American? Go. Wait, literally, you're, <laughs> the camera cut off on literally. I heard. Do you prefer Brit? And that's all I heard. What we're talking? <laughs> Oh, a likely story. <laughs> Do you prefer British or American trade? Oh, British trade. Down. To Why? Down. Because the British trade, because it's in Europe, they have um, in the penile gland area, there is more um, circumference of uh, things to work with. So I definitely appreciate that more. Ooh. And, you know, I like... You know, you 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 like a nice member that you can that, that can keep you warm at night. Something you can like stuff your hands in when you get cold. Like you, you can like, snuggle I, around. Too. You know, you can snuggle around. I I like that. And also, I love accents. I love accents. I used to go wild for Australia, but the British one is just classic. It's fierce, and um, yeah, I definitely prefer a little British trade. Okay, give me. How are you going to catch that British trade? Give me your British accent now. <clears throat> well, um. I need something to say, Peppermint. So, I'll, so I'll be living in in London for um for about three months, and I I, I just know that in in my life, like I just know that my husband is going to be um British, and it's um yeah, I'm gonna be doing it on the west. <laughs> it was good. It started to veer into okay. Give me Australian. Let me hear Australian. Oh, I, I, oh girl, all oh, the only thing I can say in Australia is this. <clears throat> Nye. 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 Kiss and Kim. Girl, well, you're going to, I mean, honey, as much time as you have with them British trade, you're going to come back speaking a whole Queen's English, darling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a question. If you could get rid of any single, any, okay, let me preface this. Oh, I keep doing this. Anyway. <laughs> let me preface this. With, I, and I did an interview recently that was asking me about Drag Race, and I still have not been able to hide my disdain and anger and utter disgust for what they did to us on season nine by putting, uh, make, forcing us to br uh, brutalize each other and do a, um, do the cheerleading challenge. I, oh. I knew when we did that cheerleading challenge, I said, they are never going to do this again. Because, girl, we had to do, it took a week. It took a week. And people were getting hurt. Charlie cracked her ribs. Uh, me, uh, Trinity, Cynthia sprained our ankle. Uh, uh, so, all, somebody, like, so, so all of the older queens. Ah! Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I knew that they would never do a challenge like that. A girl, it was it was like real brutal. It Everyone looked intense. It looked intense. It I'm was intense. Happy that I did not. Well, you know, I think we we talked about this before. So I was I was uh, um, first alternate. If one of y'all New York girls couldn't do it, so mm -hmm. 
if you or who else was from New York? I don't even know. Who, were, Me, were you, Sasha, Alexis, uh, Alexis and um, uh, Aja. Yeah, if one of y'all uh, did something a week before, I'd have got the call, like, go there, get your shit together. And I would have been in even more of a mess because that would have been a year even before season 10. And I was already messing season 10. So everything happens in its time. Amen. Girl. Okay, so if there's a challenge that you could get rid of, whether it was on one of your seasons or another season, if there was one challenge that you could say, this is bunk, get rid of it. I never want to see do this, see this again. Which challenge would it be from Drag Race? Um, you know, I think that on, on All Stars 4, the one where we made over the room, uh, uh, the clubs, like that went well our season. But we saw they tried to do it again in All Stars 5. And it didn't, it wasn't, it, it wasn't fun. It wasn't funny. It was too long. And I just, I think that the viewers as a whole, we were like, don't do the challenge again. So it'll be, it'll have to be that makeover a space thing. Because honestly, that, that was, that was the one of the most intense ones from our season. We had to come up with this concept for the room, make this whole storyline for the room, then go to like a universal like prop house and like go walk through this like, four level a uh, four story like a place basically the size of like a mall to look through all these items that we could use then we had to wait to, then we had to paint the rooms ourselves which we started painting and then they finished the painting but everything else like putting the stuff in the room like it was all it was a it was a very I don't challenge. think they did that for season 5 Yeah huh I mean I don't think they did that for All Stars 5 I don't think they did that I don't no, think no, the they, girls had to did the girls have to go to the warehouse Oh, I don't know if they had to go to the warehouse, but we did. It was yeah. Nice. I think they had y'all working harder. Oh, that was too much. I was like, this is exhausting. But it, it and showed. Then, and then I went fucking Monique, who I love Monique, but Monique is, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, stunning. We got it. I was like, Monique, I need us to rein it in, girl. And Monique, and which bless her because she's so creative and she has so many amazing ideas. But I get overwhelmed easily, and we have so much to do. I was like, Monique, I literally am gonna go insane. We had to get it was it was too much. Too here's, much. Mo, here's a challenge. Do Monique doing a British accent. Go. Okay, wait. If you are just joining us, welcome to Pep Talks Black Movie Classics. Uh, <laughs> Uh, make sure you go over to my Patreon uh, and, where you can see the after or the pre-show uh, where we talked about eyelash applicators, Cardi B and Candace Owens, Blexit and Walk Away, uh, stoning jewelry and clothing, wigs and Manila's very inappropriate but <laughs> quite so crazy joke to Valentina on All Stars uh, 4. Okay. If, if you're lucky and if you look closely, you will see a, a, a little tiny bit of saliva come from my beautiful <laughs> lips and it's gonna hit my shirt right here, I think. Yeah, it's basically oh. it's basically my Patreon, but Monet's OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Monet drooling. That you could do that. ASMR, like you know, that'd be hot. Uh go back down. I didn't see that. Go back, go back up. Sorry. <laughs> ASMR drooling, that doesn't even sound sexy. No, it, it, it doesn't sound sexy. But nevertheless, it's all on my Patreon. And so uh, head over to the Patreon if you'd like to see us talk about those things. All right. Now, we got some questions from viewers. And I want to, uh, I'm so excited that we have our first question for Pep Talks Black Movie Classic. Here we go. Okay. So, Monet, I want you to get in, okay? Uh, okay. Is it a fact 
that, okay, it already sounds serious. <laughs> is it a fact? Oh, it, no, it's not, that's not a question. It is a fact that POCs have at times been paid less than their Caucasian counterparts in the movie biz. Okay, yes, that's true. Uh, although a lot of improvements are still needed, I feel progress has been made in the right directions towards pay equality and representation as a whole. True. Uh, but with that being said, if multiple POC have signed on to the same project, do you think it's appropriate for one POC to ask another POC what they are being paid? I would argue that one of the reasons why POC, that obviously people of color, in case you haven't been in 2020, uh, <laughs> why people of color uh, keep getting shafted is because nobody wants to publicly talk about money. So a studio can pay someone less because most of the time that actor doesn't even know that they are in fact being paid less. They just assume that they're being paid the same amount or the correct amount, or everybody is just so thankful uh, for the job that they don't want to ruffle any feathers. People get real awkward when it comes to other, pe to other people knowing what they are making. But I feel the only way for progress to continue on the right path for equal pay when it comes to people of color in the movie business, this is a serious question. Uh, <laughs> is for those awkward conversations about money to be had out and open. So let's say you and Monet both get cast in the same movie with, this, with roles that hold about the same weight in film, okay? Uh, would you be offended or feel a certain type of way if she came to you and asked what your check looks like? Are there certain situations that could justify the pay difference, such as one actor having a bigger body of work than the other actor? Yeah. You know, oh. um, I think that's a really nuanced thing. Because Very also, nuanced. that kind of, like, when, when, when you talk about showbiz and, like, performing and acting, whatever, it also comes down to what you're negotiating, like, what your lawyer or your management is, like, negotiating for you. Mm -hmm. So if you have, like, Squiggly Bubble Pants, who was also on Drag Race, and her management just agreed, oh, the girl, they want to give you a $1,000. Oh, that's great. I'll do it. As but then peppermint comes in or I come in our management is like um so the contract is ten thousand dollars for just the signing and then after we do uh, another role then we want another ten thousand dollar guarantee you know what I mean so so you know so that's like really nuanced but I know when I've done like gigs like a college thing or whatever like you know you do pretty much know that you're doing the same amount of work and you like you're getting paid. <laughs> for that thing equally, you know? Mm -hmm. But acting and singing and, and performing, it's like a little more nuanced. It's a little bit different. You know, look, I mean, in order to, I think in order to, Nelson, in order to sort of revolutionize the pay, I, I can agree that the sort of um, transparency when it comes to finances ends up making things a lot more fair and along the way, um, or le le equal along the way, equal along the way. But when it comes to money, in a capitalist, the thing is, we'd have to change capitalism. In a capitalist society, uh, there's the notion that there is a notion, however right or wrong, that the more you work, the more you earn. And that same logic is applied to people's history of work. If you just graduated from school and have never had a job, but you're going to go out as a project manager, should you get paid the same amount as somebody who's been doing project managing for 50 years and has a lot of successes. And yeah. a lot of times the, 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 in a capitalist society, the notion of getting a raise, getting a bonus, that is a reward for good, hopefully, or it's um, you know, just you know, 
shadiness and corruption. Uh, but it's usually a reward for hard work or w work that's well done. And so in the world of film and television, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to, to measure those things other than the successes of the projects that you've been on. If you brought a lot of money to a, a previous project, if you brought a lot of eyeballs and, and, you know, so the reason why sometimes people are casting you or putting you in a project is because of the draw that you have. I mean, film and television, it's a business and it's really it all is. about making more money and getting more people to watch it or do it. it. And so putting somebody, there's a lot of times where you, you, you were, I guess, casting directors and people who are producing projects have to choose between, do I put somebody who's just like super talented, but no, but they've never done anything or someone who's like super famous and they may not have had as much experience in this. And so they have to, you know, th that's called stunt casting where yeah. they'll put in like, you know, I mean, you know, Dancing with the Stars is like a big stunt cast. Like they put in people who may or may not be dancers, but they're celebrities. And so you get to see them and you're just tuning in because they're celebrities yeah. and you want to see them try to do it. Yeah. That's kind of stunt casting, which happens in theater and all the time. But then there's other things like, you know, uh, people thought my role on, on Broadway was stunt casting, um, but I have a degree in musical theater performance. And so- You don't realize uh, Pepper has been doing music theater I, for a long time. Like you, you are that bitch. Like you are classically, and uh, uh, vehemently, vehemently, vehemently. <laughs> vehemently trained. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, and so so those are some of the reasons that we do have something in this industry called favored favored nations, where everyone agrees to the same amount and the same yeah. terms. Um, and so that is that is something. There are a lot of projects that are favored nations, and that really has to go. That's driven by the producers of the of the project a lot of times, um, but. Uh, you know, we haven't reached that point yet. And I'm not sure if just, you know, um, one of the other queens, Monet, just knocking on my hotel room door. I mean, we, we do that anyway. We text each other all the time and be like, girl, these people called me. Did they offer you this? Because they offered me that. We do that on the inside. Yeah. But in terms yeah. of advertising what everybody makes to each other, um, whether you know them or not, that can be used in this way, the way that we do business now, uh, if, the, if the talent, the people who are like, lower on the decision-making process because the talent are sometimes looked at as stars, but you know, the producers are at the top. They're the yeah. ones who make the decisions. Decision. So the talent, the people on the bottom of the totem pole are like talking about the money. It really just creates resentment because the yeah. producers are the ones who have to be more open. It has to go from the top down. That was a long, very long question, but I hope that we answered the question for you. Now it's time to jump into the reason why we are here. Now I have been just, 2020 made me think back to my childhood and all my, my path through life. I am a movie buff and I've seen almost every movie, but I've had conversations with uh, my friends who are my non-black friends uh, about really all good- All three of them. <laughs> you know, uh, really good films, uh, black films starring black people, some, some of them produced, written, just like films that center around black stories, black lives, yeah. black people. Uh, and a lot of times they don't see those movies. I don't yeah. understand what it is. And I mean, I get it. You, you see what you identify with, but I think it's time to change that. And so I'm here to help you now. Hopefully you all have seen the social media. Well, okay, this week our social media was a little bit off because we advertised the wrong movie. Um, but every week on this show, when we put out the word who the guest is, that's also the, the clue of the movie that you should watch before you get here, because I want you all to, to jump into the conversation. Maybe some of you have seen this movie. If you have, say something in the comments and let us know. Um, but uh, 
that's the reason why I wanted to bring Monet Exchange on to talk about the Denzel Washington-led movie, which has a lot of really, really um, popular up-and-coming actors. It was made 20 years yeah. ago. Uh, remember the Titans. So Woo! good. I love this movie growing up. I, I, I love this movie. Such a great film. It's a great film. So in case you didn't see it, here is the trailer. One, two, three, go. So that is, there you have it. That's the trailer for, Amer for American, for Remember the Titans. Uh, and I'm going to read you the synopsis. In a Virginia high school, uh, uh, in Virginia, a high school football is a way of life. Uh, it's an institution revered. Each game celebrated more lavishly than Christmas. Each playoff distinguished more grandly than any national holiday. It is a major thing. And with such recognitions comes powerful emotions. In 1971, high school football was everything to the people of Alexandria, Virginia. But when the local school board was forced to integrate an all-black school with an all-white school, uh, the very foundation of football's greatest tradition was put to the test. And there we have This is uh, Remember the Titans. It is a real story. It's based on a true story. Um, and when but I say based on a story... That, oh, and you'll be finding out, it don't be... It, when they say based on, that means it was shot in Virginia and there was a black person there. And it's like, well, girl... <laughs> that Look, that's true. And I remember watching um, Remember the Titans when it came out. Um, and, I and then I watched it now. Before, I, I was like, I heard that it was a true story. And I think them saying that makes you want to see it more. You're like, ooh. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's like, ooh. Uh, and so that's what that is. But um, this time around, I watched it, and my opinion of it was a little bit different. Uh, but I did; I was more interested in the the accurate how accuracy it was or wasn't this time. And yeah. so I watched it, and then I immediately got on the internet and was like looking for, you know, who were the characters? Who really was Coach Boone? Who was, you know, um, uh, Russell Russell? Uh, I can't remember the, the the hippie guy that moved it. Like all oh, the yeah. all the characters were actual characters and uh, okay. are real people in real life. And okay. and you Google them and they come right up. We have another picture, but I don't know if we actually have it. I, I emailed it. Um, I'm not quite sure if we got it, Mitch. Um, I'll just show it on my phone. <laughs> um, what a great movie! Ooh, so and great. here's a picture of Coach Boone in real life talking to. Uh, uh, Bertram, 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 who, 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 um, gets, spoiler alert, if you didn't see it, uh, has an accident at the end. He's like the star of the football team and he has an accident at the end. And here's a real life picture of him talking to that, to him, them. Oh, wow. Real life. Oh, gag. Yeah. And so they were all some real people. Um, so what did you think? Like, this is, can't be the first time you've seen this movie. No, 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 no. I've seen. I remember seeing it as a kid. I remember seeing it. I, I, this is like my fourth or fifth time seeing it. So the first time, like, what was the impact? The first time you saw the movie. The first time I saw the movie, I was in. I want to say middle school, about. And so, not saying I wasn't aware of race, and I, 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 I'd say I wasn't aware of the power of racism that young. So mm -hmm. watching as a kid, a lot of it went over my head, like how grave it was and how that was people's actual reality and people were literally like b busing and segregation like how like it was that like that was a real thing for a lot of people and that really went over my head as a kid but like, of course now especially in today's climate watching it again it's like this is so real but also we have come far 
but how far we have not come since then in terms of uh, 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 racism and, um, and um, classism. What? Can you ex explain, explain that a little bit? Yeah, because so, so, um, so for all of y'all who I hope watched the movie, if you hate, you should have watched the movie um, <laughs> to see how, uh, uh, how integrating the football team became this, this, this like boiling point in this film and how, and how you, and, and how you think of just, just getting an education and, and, and going to a good district and, 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 and playing sports, how those things that seem so trivial how they were so institutionalized and how they were mm -hmm. so revered that mm -hmm. um, just that mere action, it caused an entire town, an entire uh, a village of people to get really riled up and want to commit acts of violence. Uh, how, they wanted to, how, how they were trying to set Coach Boone's house on fire. Fire! Because he was giving these brown boys an equal and fair opportunity to play sports and to and to have the same opportunities as the white kids. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the 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 film itself, the story is such a compelling story, right? And and I guess part of it is like you said, it's because it's so real. It's I mean, because it is real, it's very realistic and it's a very clear, um, understandable way that we can see racism coming into an American pastime. I mean, football as we American Americana. football. Americana. It's so it's American as apple pie. If apple pie is American, and it's just a really big um, a cornerstone of like modern day America, especially the patriarchy. Sports is like an important thing. It's a it's it's the one way that's sanctioned and that people can make money on that that men can bond. It's the one thing that yeah. is allowed for like hetero cis hetero men to like bond over. It's sports and and not not even politics. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that like it, it's it was a really it's like the obvious choice when telling stories about race, when telling a story about race and segregation, there's all kinds of stuff. There's sports. There's uh, obviously schools and education. There's jobs and employment. There's family life. There's a whole bunch of stories that they could tell. But this one was an obvious choice. So I think it's a great decision to make the film. I do think and, you know, I'm sure you saw the, watch the movie Disclosure. Yes, yes. So seeing the movie Disclosure, which deals primarily with, with transness, but yeah. also a little yeah. bit of race and class, um, I, I now have like a sort of a, a, a mark in my mind's calendar of like, oh, all of this stuff before Disclosure was like problematic. And then things that are made, I'm going to have to touch on it, uh, are, are usually, you know, more, I mean, Disclosure just came out. But, you know, there, I think there's going to be Oh, a pre, like, you know, before and after, you know, AD, before and after Christ, yeah. <laughs> uh, BC and AD, uh, before disclosure and after disclosure. And I think that 2020 is one of those moments, like anything before 2020, when it comes to black films, uh, might be seen as a diff through a different lens after yeah. 2020, both at, from the, the people watching it and then also the people making it. Um, yeah. And so I do think that the film uh, was an important film to make. I wasn't in love with the storytelling. It felt so surf, like superficial to yeah, me. It, it, was, it was like scene by scene by scene. You know, like it felt like a TV movie. It felt like TV. Well, it is a Disney movie, so I feel like we're also watching it through the Disney lens. Like you know, mm -hmm. you know. So I think they were trying to tell the story of segregation and racism and classism, but still keep it palatable, palatable 
for a Disney audience. You know what I mean? Okay. So I do definitely agree with the surfaceness of it all. But I feel like that was the way that they felt they could tell the story, but mm -hmm. still, but um, moms in Little Rock, Arkansas, and in Tulsa, Oklahoma, will want to watch and let their kids watch. You know what I mean? I mm -hmm. feel like that's mm -hmm. where the surfaceness is coming from. I think they probably achieved that too. So you know, definitely, for sure. Definitely. I mean, it was a hit, obviously. Yeah. And honey, I got to tell you, Denzel. I mean, like, look, obviously Denzel's a legend and he's like super famous and won all these awards and everything and been nominated. Same uh, but watching this, I, I I was reminded, I was like, this mother, this this brother can act. Yeah, I he's think. a really good actor. Yeah. But was, also, every time he was acting, we all know like the Denzelisms is acting. And I was like, some of this, I, I, I feel like I'm watching a little bit of Training Day. I feel like I'm watching a little bit of Fences. Um, I felt like it, it, he was one line away from saying, King Kong ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> like, I was like, that's, that's what happened in the next scene. Um, but yeah, Denzel is amazing. And um, his family and, oh my God, fucking, uh, okay, wait, can I curse? Sorry. Yeah. Freaking um, Hayden Panettiere. Uh, look how As the little, uh, I know, as that little bit. So it was... I, it's, okay, let's talk about the cast. It's an all-star cast there. Yeah. We obviously have Denzel Washington, uh, uh, Hayden Panettiere, uh, Ryan Gosling as a Ryan young... Ryan Gosling, Noah from The Notebook! Yeah! Uh, okay, Ethan Serpley, uh, Supley, who was uh, the, the heavier set guy, um, oh, the yeah, white guy, the heavier set yeah. white guy. He was, he's notable from American History X, if anybody watched him. He was like... He played it. It's so funny. He's like in Amer in this. He's well in American History X. He plays like this like neo Nazi racist, and and in this he's like like the white boy that's down with all the black boys, which I think is so. I just I was it was refreshing to see. <laughs> uh, you know, and he has a uh, sorry. I had to say, he has uh, he's actually gone through a little bit of a a, a health change and uh, you know tightened up a little bit. Happened really? to have lost a lot of weight, and so he appears. His appearance has changed a lot, and so if you see him now, you might not even recognize that it was him. Yeah. He was recently in, um, which something I saw, I couldn't even believe it. He was recently in, uh, what was he? Re um, I have it. I have it here. I'm losing it. I don't see it in three seconds. Well, a uh, few, he, um, a few years ago, he played the role of um, Eureka O'Hara on season nine of Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, he's skinny now, and he was in the the uh, the hunt, um, the heart like the horror thriller movie that just came out earlier this summer. Oh, called the okay. Oh, he's in that. Yeah, he's in that. You would would never recognize him. That's horror. what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. Do you, um, like, do you like scary movies, Pep? Are you, are you are you a horror movie? I'm a horror movie whore. Okay. I will do anything for a horror movie to to be in a horror movie. Uh, a special shout out to a special shout out to Nicole Ari Parker who plays um, Becky Barnett in um, in Boogie Nights. Uh, Boogie she nice. plays Denzel's, Denzel's wife in this. She's not a big part, yeah. Yeah. but she plays Denzel's wife in this, and um, she's fierce. Anyway, Can I tell you, uh, as a young queer kid watching this, the one scene with the hippie kid and he does and he kisses him. Can I tell you, as a kid watching that, I was like, oh my god, this is the part. Like I remember watching that and like. A, being scared that my parents would see me watching it, and they'll be like, what you watching? But also living for that moment and watching it and, like, rewinding it a few times to see that 
like little inkling of a little kind of queer gay moment. I was like, I was like obsessed with that little scene as a kid. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an awesome movie. But um, okay, so back to this one. The yeah. uh, the I think the, it was. I mean, it was definitely a feel good movie. This movie was like one inch from not from me not a black movie because they do spend a lot of time in the white household. Um, it's a you know, but it's but we decided to put it in because it's an undeniable sort of influence. Um, and so, do you think that it holds any relevance today? I was watching it, and it feels so heavily about sports that I was curious or worried what your thoughts on, not worried, but curious what your thoughts on, like, how translatable is this to today? Because it really seems like it's just about sports. Yeah. Well, I think that um, today, in terms of sports and and um, racism in sports, and, you know, obviously we, we see uh, black, Black men, black women, they have dominated sports on ever since that moment. And, that was know, it. They were right. They're you like, know, you so open it up, they're gonna take it over. And honey, we have. <laughs> what did you know? I just found this out. Did you know that hockey was developed by a black man? A black man started hockey. Isn't that wild? Ooh, I what? know. I know. Okay, we Google. Know. Who invented yeah. hockey? Here's a summary from Sports Illustrated. Conventional wisdom has posited Canada as the sport's birthplace with the first game occurring in 1875, but Gidden, Hoda, and Martel have discovered evidence the first games took place as far back as the 1790s. In Africa. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I read it. I saw it on a special. Um, but yeah, so in terms of sports, I feel like uh, black and ruffles have, have kind of dominated sports, but, you know, we... The relevance I see today is that we obviously we are still and ra racism is, you know, it, it has so many dimensions and so many levels and so many different aspects of our lives. But I feel like in terms of sports, we still see black folk looking because the players are black, but the people running like behind the scenes running the show mm, are the not money. black. They you know what I mean? So I feel like in terms of that, there there are some parallels still there. And, you know, we see it now. We see, um, I don't know if it's the NFL or it's the NBA. One of them, I'm, I just saw the story. I'm, 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 I, so I, I might be screwing, screwing it up a little bit. But they're not, they're not, they're doing something that is very problematic going to the next season. Like, they're not, like, supporting something for Black Lives Matter, something like that going oh, to the wow. next season. So, so it's kind of like they did it for this moment because it was kind of like if you didn't do it now, it's like uh, then you were, you were, it was a done deal. You know what I mean? So I feel like they did that to appease the black players. Um, but now um, going forward, they they are like they're talking. They about made a decision back, so. that they're that they're not going to allow players to probably uh, uh, you know speak out um, and like protest during the game. Yeah, there was something like that. And then now we're and now I I, th I think it's NBA. So we're trying to see how the players are going to respond. NBA? Like that. Yeah. Oh darn! I know. I know. Um, well, how important is it? Because I think that these images are really important. How, how important is it that non-black folks see and engage in black art and see black movies, see and support oh, black? What, listen, I am a very big proponent of not black people engaging and well, not just engaging, actively engaging in black cinema, black TV shows, black. Uh, 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 black customer tradition because I feel like the, I feel like a big part of the reason why racism 
is able to live and fester and become so prevalent is because people who are not black and are, and, and are not brown are not allowing themselves to have those experiences. People who, who, who find themselves to be homophobic and to be transphobic is because they don't know trans people. They don't know gay people. They don't, they don't, they don't allow themselves to cohabit and coexist with those people that don't look like them and don't identify with their sexuality orientation, X, Y, Z, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So I feel like engaging mm -hmm. in a more black culture and a black people and black film and black TV shows, watch Living Single, watch Martin. Don't only watch uh, Everybody Loves Raymond and Seinfeld and the Golden Girls. Mm -hmm. Watch so, so that you're not just getting, so yes, TV and film is a little bit surface, it's a little bit superficial, but however, you're still engaging in a lot of the black customs and traditions that you and I grew up watching on TV and how mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. how I learned about so, so much of my blackness watching Martin and watching Khadijah and, um, and Sinclair and Kyle talk and talk about different things on, on Living Single, I, things that I never would have known were part of the black diaspora. So I feel mm -hmm. like that is the importance of not not PLC and not black people engaging in our culture and 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 allowing themselves to experience it on a on, on a real level and not just putting it on and having it as, and having it as like background noise and fodder in the background but actually watching the show and sometimes picking up your phone every answer to the universe oh yeah look at me on my screensaver look how pretty she is that <laughs> this is so vain and so ridiculous um but yeah you you because Martin says something about something that you don't understand, look it up so that next time, so that, A, you don't go around saying it if you're not supposed to, but you're also mm -hmm. learning and seeing what it is they're talking about and allowing yourself to experience the culture. I agree, you know, and, and uh, to add on top of that, seeing black movies doesn't just mean mentioning that you've seen Friday. Like, Girl. it has to be, you need to see 12 Years a Slave. You need to see, you know, like some of the movies that have more serious uh, you know, confront your racism. Your yeah. confront the racism of that the the racist past that we've all been brought up with. Um, you know, and really engage with that. Um, and by the way, here's my screensaver. Move it over, I can't see. Stop that Trinity. That is so rude. Just to remind you, if you're watching right now on our pre-show, we talked all about eyelash curler, uh, eyelash applicators, Cardi B and Candace Owens and Blexic and their fight, uh, stoning jewelry, human hair wigs, which I never, I don't even know how, I don't know, uh, and Manila's, I have never heard about this joke to Valentina. Uh, from All Stars. So it's pretty much worth it right there. If you want to uh, watch all those things, head over to my Patreon and watch that and other exclusive behind the scenes videos and full episodes of Pep Talks. Uh, now it's time to work the runway um, and Ooh. feature some skincare. And this is some new skincare I'm going to try. I haven't really tried it yet, but I'm going to unveil it now. This is uh, your assistant, Patty, uh, is obviously a close friend of mine. And really, really loves Kate Somerville. That's Kate Somerville. Um, and kind of turned me on to Kate Somerville. And so Kate Somerville has sent me two products. I have here Delicate, which is their new uh, Restore and Recover, uh, and then something else in French, uh, <laughs> Serum. <laughs> and then uh, I have Goat Milk. Goat milk oh. cleanser. I don't know about that. I might put it on my cereal. You can't really see it. It's too, it's too, it's too, but this is it right here. This is the best way to see it without the glare. 
Um, and so I'm going to try it. I'm going to sample it now, let you know how it feels. And then I'll update everybody on next week's show um, how much I liked it. So here it is. I'm unveiling, unboxing now. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. And it's a nice, it's a glass bottle. Oh, word. Yeah, it's nice glass. She's, she's, uh, and it's one of those droppers. I think that a lot of um, products these days really dropper, the dropper thing with the rubber tip. Do you know what I mean? Have you seen that a lot? Like not only skincare, but also some makeup things are now doing droplets with um, foundation. Have you experienced that? What are yeah. you looking at me like I'm crazy? No, because it was frozen a little bit. Um, yeah, oh. kimchi. Well, kimchi doesn't have any of her skincare stuff, but some of her some of her applicators are tincture thingies. The droppers. Like yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is uh, this is the delicate recovery serum. So this is something that I think you would put on at night. It says uh, AM and PM. Apply one to two drops uh, to cleansed skin. Follow uh, with delicate delicate recovery cream, which I also have. Um, so this is a whole system, but I think you can mix and match. I mean, don't tell anybody that I told you that I said that. Uh, <laughs> and it looks like this is nice and milky, so it reminds us of a certain substance. <laughs> <laughs> a certain substance that I will have an abundance of in the UK. Yeah. I'm not going to rub this all over my face right now. <laughs> but I will rub it on my hand. Oh. Oh, yes. Oh. oh. That is nasty. Look at it. Hey, you <laughs> nasty. nasty. Oh, 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 excuse me. <laughs> Let me just rub it in. Let me rub it in. Word. <laughs> yes, come on. Oh, it's good. Oh, my God. It smells, it has no fragrance. It feels, feels really smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth and silky. Mm. Uh, so that's—I want to know what goat's milk is like. Good grief. Okay, so here's the goat's milk. Here, you can't really see. There we go. That's a better uh, thing. And uh, it's. Let's see if this. Oh, this is a tube. Okay. Here. It's a tube. Uh, called goat milk moisturizing cleanser. Now this is a cleanser, so you're obviously not going to rub it into your skin, but I'll show you. I don't want anything to squeeze out. Okay. Um, oh, I hate these things. Sorry. I know, don't don't those, use your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, doesn't taste that good. Bitch, but it, it's, it's all over wonderful. your lip. You got goat milk on your lip, girl. <laughs> I got goat milk. I got goat milk on my lip. Okay. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it's the goat milk cleanser. Now, yeah. I have had British trade that the consistency was like that. I said, you need to go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go to the doctor, bitch. It's because, really nice. uh, That's not it normal. It smells really good, though. <laughs> this, is like, some, gonna, this is some big gonna, cleanser, y'all. I was like, you're going you, you to stop on my insides with that, girl. What am I going to use to get this off my damn hand? Okay, I'll rub it on my leg. I, no, actually, I really do like, this is going to be a good cleanser because I like to do like three steps of a cleanser. Like I do a makeup remover first, which yeah. is, I like it to be oil-based, right? And that, that really helps get all of like, as, as your like water, um, waterproof products and things like that yeah. off first. And then I'll go in with a, um, a gel-based cleanser, something that foams up, like some more like soapy. Yeah. 
Um, and so I do that next to like really, really, really clean my skin. And then yeah. I'll go in with a moisturizing cleanser like this, like this goat's milk that's a cream, just to give it something nice. And I could definitely see using this in the morning as well. Because um, yeah. I do gentle cleansers in the morning and then more night. I use a, a face brush or while I'm in Vancouver, I'm using a buff puff. I don't know if anybody remembers a buff puff. That was, that was, that was what your mama used to use, honey, to buff your skin. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so you thank you to, so you much to, to Kate your, Somerville. You need to talk to your black queer town hall sister, Bob, about the skincare. Because you know, she just uses hotel lotion. She just like, I mean, hotel soap. She uses, she like, every hotel she goes to, she takes the bar home and she just used that as her, as her cleanse. I'm like, that is not good for Girl, you. That is so harsh. That is not good for your skin. Girl. Let me tell you. Listen, I'm going to update everybody on the show next week about the Kate Somerville Goat's Milk Cleanser and the Delicate Recovery Serum, uh, along with the cream, the recovery cream uh, that we use every single... Hopefully next week I'll be glowing and shining uh, for my next guest uh, who comes on next week will be Shangela, and we are talking about the film what? The Family That Pray... Yes, The Family That Prays. Uh, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> a reminder, if you're just joining us, uh, head over to my Patreon to see everything that you just missed. Now, uh, if you want to be up to speed, hold up, let me go. If you want to be up to speed, watch your watch the movie yourself this week. Watch The Family That Prays uh, this week so that you can be caught up and ready to be in the comments with me and Shangela next week. Uh, for now, that is the show. Thank you so much for watching Monet Exchange. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I love you so much. Congratulations on your, I don't know if I'll see you before you, um, I better see you at least once. I won't see you before you before you go to to Britain, but I might be in Britain later on this year. So I'll maybe I'll try to come over and at least see the show and visit you. But um, yeah. I'll definitely see you when you get back to New York City. Okay. Uh, I love you so much, girl. I love you so much, Pep. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Absolutely, honey. Black All right, y'all. Thanks. The secret yes, emoji black is black. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching Black Movie Classics. Follow Monet Exchange on Monet Exchange at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and her YouTube. And uh, follow me at Peppermint247. If you're watching this, you probably already follow me. Uh, share it with your friends, please. We want to get more viewers on, uh, on this show. So please share, 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 share. Tell them that you love this show, even if you've never seen it. I just lost my ring. Love you so much. Thanks to Amped, uh, Amped, Amped Accessories. And... Uh, Until next week. <laughs>